Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? I am interviewing Katie Renner today with E.H. Renner and Sons. They are a, they are a uh, well driller and a water conditioning company. And, uh, you know, before the we got on the air here, Katie was telling me about when she met her her boo uh, and got married. Uh, her her married married last name is now Welly. So how about that? It's a well drilling company that is she is part owner of with the last name Welly. Uh, congratulations on that find there, Katie. You are a, a, yeah. a lucky woman and, and destined for greatness, apparently. <laughs> and we are 10 years strong on our marriage this year. Awesome. Awesome. And this yep. is a five-generation business. So I have never interviewed a well drilling or water conditioning type company before, and I'm excited to learn more about it. But let's start from the beginning. Five generations ago, how did E.H. Renner come about? So technically, it starts off with Max Renner. And Max Renner came over from Germany. And E.H. broke off from him because there was too many sons. And so the fifth generation is because of Max. E.H. is his son or half-son. You have to understand that Max Renner married a woman who ended up marrying three brothers and had two kids with each one. And so the family tree kind of goes crazy. Okay, okay, okay. The the brothers kept dying on her. What? One would come over from Germany and take care of the family. One got in a trolley car accident and one got in a cave-in because he was a well driller. And at the time, we were well diggers and we did like yeah. brick laid wells and it oh, came in. Oh my god. So yeah, it, it kind of started out back then with some craziness, <laughs> but we have been strong ever since. And EH and his sons ha- came from the cities. Actually, they started in St. Louis Park. And if you ever Google the name Renner in St. Louis Park, there's a website that comes up and has a history of them. And then Tom Renner brought the company out to Ramsey and his sons, Ray and Raj, brought the company to Elk River. And we've been here now, I'm going to say 35 years. Okay. Yeah. We have been in a Minnesota company then since 1918 when we started. Wow. And, you know, we kind of were a Minnesota company before that, being with Max Renner and then Germany before that. So, yeah, I want to get some more details on this. So the woman that married the three brothers, what was her name? Uh, Do you remember? Gertrude. Gertrude, of course. Yeah. Um, so Gertrude's first husband, was that Max? Nope, because no. Max was the survivor. Okay. So you remember the first husband's name or not? Uh, I don't know the two other names. I'd have okay. to ask my uncle. So it was he Max's brother, though, right? That yeah. she married first. And then he passed away in a trolley accident. And then she married Max's other brother, and he passed away in a cave-in building a well. And then she married, Gertrude married Max, and she had two children with each one of the brothers. Correct. So it kind of branches the family quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, she must have been 
you know, sold on the, the runner boys. It must have been good men. And she's like, <laughs> right? if this one didn't last, let me get that and, you know, try this other one over here. So tragic story in itself, but also interesting. Yep. Max Renner Company, they actually were a well drilling company for quite a few years until the 80s or so. Mm. They did more elevator stuff than what we do. We do commercial work. We drill wells for cities. And then we also have residential line also. Okay. We do a lot of test holes. They're hole that you would drill before you put in a city well. Here in Minneapolis, Minneapolis doesn't have city well water, but a lot of the surrounding uh, communities. Mm-hmm. So like the city of Kern Rapids has quite a few wells. The city of Elk River has quite a few wells. Maple Grove, Plymouth, they all have wells that we've drilled. We have gone up to Virginia, Minnesota, and Gilbert, we do a lot of service work for all kind of different towns. Okay. So it's everybody needs water and not everybody can treat it from the river. So gotcha. A quick message from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by Minnesota Risk Partners, specializing in risk management and insurance services for Minnesota based companies. Check them out at minnesotariskpartners.com. Okay. So uh, I'm still thinking about this cave-in on the well. And and you said, the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to like Little House on the Prairie where, yep. you know, they had a, a, a big hole that you could fall down in, right? But of course, it has to be big enough, I believe, I don't know, for somebody to actually go down in that hole as they're digging it manually and they're lining it with brick, basically. Is, right. that, is that what they're doing? Yep. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, yep. very dangerous. I don't think that'd be OSHA approved. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Now, I have very limited experience with wells. You know, I, I guess I grew up out in the country. My parents had a well. I know they bought a lot of salt for the water softener. I think they spent a lot of money initially on that whole water treatment process. And later in life, after I moved out, uh, I had purchased a house out of Buffalo a little bit on Crawford Lake. And that house had a well, which, you know, it wasn't good or bad. It just seemed, I don't know, indifferent and relatively easy to take care of. And then later, I got my real estate license and helped uh, buyers and sellers purchase homes with wells. And it seemed to, correct me if I'm wrong, but these... Before you can purchase a house with a well, uh, the well needs to be tested in the water. The water needs to be tested. Um, Um, It's funny that you're asking that question. The Well Drilling Association and the Water Quality Association are trying to pass some legislation so that that is a requirement. Right now, it's not necessarily a requirement unless the lender requires it. And so we're right now kind of depend kind of making the lenders be responsible for that. And we kind of want to see it more that yes, when you have a sale of a home, you should test for coliform nitrate at the very least. And, Cause those are kind of indicators that there might be a problem with the well, mm. or even just the cover on the well isn't on it correctly, or there's a hole in it or the well is buried. A well is supposed to stick out of the ground 12 inches mm. and it's supposed to have a bug proof cover on it because anything that goes down at the top of the well goes into the drinking source. And mm. it's not just your drinking source, it's your neighbors as well. 
Yeah, I remember at my parents' place, they had this big, like, white PVC pipe that was, like, six feet tall <laughs> that's sticking out of the ground. But you could wiggle the pipe off relatively easy and look down in it, which I don't remember really seeing anything looking down in there. I remember sure. having to mow around it, which was kind of a pain. And then the, the next house I bought on Crawford Lake, the I want to say it was like something called a sandpoint well. I don't know what the heck that is, but the, that term. So a sandpoint well is a shallow well that you're pretty much getting. Um, you're, you were probably close to the lake, so you're kind of getting more surface water. Okay. And I know that sounds disgusting, but it goes through some sand. And in that case, if you had had it tested and it tested fine, well, then the gravels are making sure that it's filtered correctly for you. Yeah. How deep, you know, I'm just going to ask some curiosity questions regarding wells. Uh One of them being, how deep is the typical well for a residential property? It all depends on the aquifers and the geology of the area. In Anoka County, we have a few different aquifers that we can actually choose from. When you get closer to St. Cloud, which is kind of granite country, we don't have that choice anymore. Granite doesn't provide water. And it actually stops water. So you can't really drill through granite and try and get more water. Um, At least you can't in this state. And in different parts of the country, it's amazing how different the aquifers are. And how would you just define an aquifer? Is that like the water table where the water sits? Yes. And some aquifers are, I guess an aquitard is one that isn't being replaced replenished. An aquifer is water that is being replenished through rain. Oh, okay. Or springs or something. Yeah, exactly. And the springs are coming, is an aquifer that's coming out of the ground. Okay. Okay. It's it's naturally just coming out of the ground because that's what the aquifer is doing. It goes, it makes a spring. Yeah. So I don't know, give me an average, hundred feet. So in Anoka County, 100 foot would be gravel, and then you have sand rack at about 200 feet or so, and then you have Mount Simon that's even deeper. And when you get closer to, say, Princeton, we're drilling wells at 80 feet, or you might see sand rock there at 150 feet. But we're not drilling. I guess my well at home is very deep because I was trying to get a better aquifer and of course, my cousins were free labor. So mine is like 380. And oh, that's a pretty yeah. deep well for us. Yeah. If you go down to the southern part of the cities, they can get wells that are five, 600 feet deep. And Jeez. their water table is really low, like deep. Yeah. So up here in Anoka County, that 300 foot well, the water aquifer is at 14 feet. The actual water comes up into the well, 14 feet, like from the surface mm-hmm. but down in Shakopee and Woodbury those places Cottage Grove their water can be 150 feet in the ground and so they need to have bigger pumps to be able to push that water out of the ground okay now I do know somebody that used to uh, live in Shakopee and she had well water at the house she lived at and she complained about and she mentioned to me how rich in I don't know copper that water was and it would turn her hair orangish and there'd be orange on the, on the tub and that type of thing. And so there's, there's two cats, two separate things that can turn things orange like that. Mm -hmm. There's iron, but then there's also stuff called tannins. tannins and tannins is in your water that 
tannins is organic material that's decaying. And so the water might have gone through trees or grass that were decaying from the glaciers that were underground. And I know this sounds all disgusting, but tannins is what stained your teeth yellow when you drink coffee. Okay. Because coffee is an organic material and you push the water through it and the tannins are picked up off the coffee and it stains your teeth yellow. Gotcha. And being the mm-hmm. water conditioning expert that you are, I'm sure you have a solution for this type of thing. There are there are softeners and then there are tannin remover removers as well. And you can actually get a mixed bed of water softening and tanning removal. And they just use salt like a regular softener and they're plugged in. They use about as much power as like a clock next to your bed. You know, yeah. Not very much power. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, cost overall. Now, mm-hmm. let's all the costs together as far as having a well. So maybe you have to drill the well. You have to pump the get a pump, pump the water out. You have to treat the water, condition the water. And you have those costs versus city water and paying your city water bill. And a lot of times people have water softeners with city water and and or like myself, I have city water in Buffalo and I purchased a Culligan water treatment system and I pay Culligan. It's like hooked up to my water source and I have this little uh, Bluetooth button by my sink that I push and then the filtration system kicks on and I pay Culligan like 40 bucks a month for that. And the reason why I started doing that, by the way, is that in Buffalo, there's been quite a few times where... I would turn the water on and it was like brown, 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 like no mistaking it. It's, it's not like a tint of brown. It's straight up brown water. And that kind of freak, freaked me out. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not drinking this crap. So um, that can be just stuff falling off the pipes. Um, the city of Buffalo, when they do flushing and stuff, you'll see a lot of brown water like that any cities they they usually do flushing in the spring and in the fall and they're trying to get that brown brown water off you know the the build up off their pipes yeah and it ends up some people especially if they're at an end sometimes they get more than others and i always do suggest a carbon filter or a there's now coconut carbon filters that are self-flushing and they take out the fluorides and the chlorides and the polys that are chemicals that are in the water that the city must put in to keep the water fresh and clean but you definitely you don't need to ingest it and those carbon filters there's some that just are standalone unit and they self-flush versus the one that you have to change out all the time you have to unscrew the blue thing and the filter comes out and you have to change it out because if you don't change it out they can actually um, either put into the water what you're taking out oh. or at our shop, we had ours like implode and then it created like a mess of flood because the water just kept running all night long. So it was computer galore that we got new computers, but I stopped selling that product just because of all the damage that it caused. And there are other filters that are much better. Yeah. So, okay. So back to the cost question, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. overall cost, the annual cost of having a well versus being on city water. Do you think it's. So I a wrote a paper about that. Like I wrote um, kind of a, 
thing that I brought up to our legislatures because um, there were some cities that were trying to restrict people from drilling their own well. Um, our well code already does restrict pretty good on what we can and cannot do for where we can put the well. I mean, I have to be 50 feet from a septic line and in city wells in city areas, that's still is true. So just because you're sept, you're, you don't have a septic tank or anything, but the line from your house to the city, the waste line mm -hmm. is still considered septic. So I still have to be 50 feet from those. Okay. Now I know some city like lots, you can actually put a well on and use that water for irrigation. Cause why should we put water that's been treated that's expensively treated onto the grass right and that was one of my arguments for a school because they already had a 12 inch well that would be perfect for the soccer field mm. and the city required them to seal it really and there's no reason for that and that's kind of a waste of taxpayers dollars and, and they could have saved the money by using this irrigation well that was already existing and some townhome associations try to put in irrigation with their own well. And the it's really a good idea to try and save that money. But it's also a moneymaker for the cities mm -hmm. so that they can expand their water even more. I mean, they want to be able to have more wells because they have more people coming in. So, I mean, there is a double-edged sword with it. You know, yeah. I, I get it, but... <laughs> It, yeah, follow the money a little bit, right? Yep. Yeah. So it it's tough, but there is a plumbing code that if the city water is available, you have to hook up for that to and that's to like protect people so that they have potable drinking water. The city's supposed to provide that. I mean, if you don't like that and you want your own well, then you move to the country, right? You mm. move away from the city water and that's your choice. Yeah. So it's rare. I mean, is is it even allowed that you know of, or have you seen it where somebody lives on city limits and they actually have their own well? My father has two properties that have their own well for irrigation, and they are on city water for the drinking. Okay. And it was because there is there was a spot on the property that's far enough away from the subjects that are far enough away from all of the requirements. And so he uses that water to irrigate the grass and okay. it saves him money not having to pay the city for it well i'm curious why didn't he also use that for drinking water and just disconnect the city water because that is the code for the plumbing you oh. have to use it you have to use the the plumbing code states that if city water is available you have to be hooked up for it oh interesting yeah so do you do you feel like the overall cost like if i lived out in the country versus i lived in the city and had to use city, city water versus out in the country and i'm on well water the costs yeah. involved is it is it more expensive then to be on the city water do you feel oh by three times three times I mean, I could, wow i mean i've done an evaluation and kind of figured out and this was oh, 20 years ago when i did this and you know prices are only going up on both ends but you know, a new well with pump and tank and everything, it, they can range between between ten and twenty thousand. Okay. But that might be your only cost for twenty years. Right. And then you might need a new pump, and I don't know what the price in twenty years is going to be for that pump. But let's just say it's four thousand. Right now, it's two thousand. So I'm kind of doubling the, the mm -hmm. number. But 
in 20 years, you're at 24,000. And then you have some power, that some kilowatts that you use, but it's about a buck a day or so. So that's $300 a year. I mean, you really, it's when cities have a minimum of, I think, say 20 or $30, and then they have on top of that per thousand gallons, it, it adds up really quick. Yeah. And I've heard of people's water bill, especially if they water, they, some people really want green luscious grass. Mm-hmm. Other people could care less. Right. I mean, it just depends on how much you use, of course, and conserve. And I'm all about conserving and making our groundwater last. It hasn't been such a worry the last few years because it's been so wet, except for last year, it started drying up again. Yeah. And the people that worry about that the most are the ones that have the shallowest wells because that's the water that goes first. Oh, okay. The sandpoint wells. The the sandpoint wells are even 80-foot gravel layers because they're not getting recharged. Yes. And they're taking the water as quick. So. Okay. Yeah, I live on Lake Pulaski, and I'm lucky enough to be able to pump water out of the lake for my irrigation system. And this year, there was a watering ban in in the city of Buffalo, and there was a lot of brown dead grass around the city, for sure. Yep. Yep. And taking from the lakes or the rivers is a great option. You just have to remember to bring those pumps in and not let them freeze and Mm -hmm. just put them back out in the spring. There's a little bit of work to it, but it's, you know... To save you some money, and it's worth it, I feel. Yeah. How about the uh, quality of water that comes out of the typical well? Would you would you say the majority of wells would require or should have uh, some type of water, water conditioning applied to it? Yeah, water, even the city of Minneapolis, they have seven parts for hardness. I mean, there's still hardness, even if it's coming out of the river, mm-hmm. um, coming out of sand rock or gravels, gravel usually gives you more iron. Sand rock gives you more calcium and manganese, And those are things that are making it harder. It depends on where you're at and what the glaciers have left. So on the North side of the Mississippi, we're at about a 14 for hardness. That's like Elk River, Ramsey, and Noka. I mean, I've kind of tested all of that area. You go on the south side, Champlain has really high iron. Brooklyn Park, they're at like 50 for hardness. Maple Grove's pretty hard. So it's amazing on the difference that that river even makes. And that must be coming from those glaciers. Yeah, so you would um, suggest if you do have a well that. Uh, well, both city, maybe city and a well. I don't know. What's your opinion? It's like, would you say the majority of homes out there should consider having some type of water conditioning system installed? Would it be wise? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They should have, whether iron or tannins or softener. I mean, a softener is kind of a must. I know there are a few cities that are softening the water themselves, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they're getting it down to a zero. The hardness can actually make soap stick to your skin. And sometimes people think they have a rash or they go into the the doctor and they are complaining of it. And all it took was just a change of putting a water softener in. Some people feel like they have scalp issues while they're reacting to their shampoo that's not coming out of their hair because 
it's hard because the yeah. water's hard and it's making it stick. So there can actually be some medical issues if people don't treat that water. Yeah. I do suggest testing for arsenic, nitrate, coal farm. And the reason for the arsenic is that it was it's starting to be required. I shouldn't say starting. 20 years ago, it started to be required. And so some of those older wells mm. haven't ever been tested for arsenic. Isn't that rat and poison? <laughs> arsenic is in rat poison, okay. but it's also in, it's actually in a lot of things. It's just that we're finding it coming out of our groundwater. Mine at home is 13 and 10 is the legal limit. So I tested mine after the softener and it brought it down into the safe limit. Okay. Um, there are arsenic removers, but it's, or RO systems are good. Yeah. But it's something that uh, you want to, you want to at least just test for once. It's kind of like that um, yeah. airborne one, that element. I can't remember. Uh, Radon? But yeah. Yeah. You just want to test it once at least, you know, make sure it's not there. Um. Yeah. In older homes that are probably pre-1980 or even 90, they should be tested for lead. And a lead test is the first draw, and it's acting as though the house sat vacant overnight. Everybody was asleep, and they wake up in the morning, and that first draw, that first drink of water, is there lead in it? And they're just making sure that lead was used in well drilling process mm. lead was used in the plumbing process and it's not a natural thing that it's in the water but it's a man-made thing and if you have an older home you just want to make sure that it's not leaching or at least you have to run the water a little bit so that you can get rid of the lead in the line it's not a bad idea yeah yeah you know you said one thing earlier that i want to come back to that i think a lot of listeners might want to uh, tune into is the fact that some cities, I don't know if all cities, but cities will commonly put stuff, things in the water in order to keep the water clean and fresh and keep the pipes clean, but you don't necessarily want to ingest it or drink it. What are those mm -hmm. things that they put in the water again? And then what is the solution to that? Well, I can start with a solution as a carbon filter or RO, because you're going to take out all of those chemicals that they have to put in to make the water when water sits on pipes it can grow if it doesn't have these chemicals and some of them are um, fluoride and chlorine chlorine mm -hmm. and they use polymers so that things don't stick to the pipes so that they don't have plugged up pipes and stuff um, so it's not necessarily something you want to ingest because those can be cancer-causing agents, mm. but it's something that you can take out. Of course, the dentists and doctors say that they, you know, you need the fluoride for your teeth. Well, you're kind of better off using a fluoride pill or, you know, the fluoride wash, which you don't ingest either. You actually swish it and, and spit it. Mm. And it's not fluoride in water, in the chlorinated water, it's actually a pH leveler. It's taking the chlorine that's at a 10 and the, the fluoride is at a low pH and they're trying to level out the pH back. Oh, okay. it, it's a treatment process that they're using at the water treatment plants or in the wells. Different cities treat the water differently. Some go all to a, a main hub, a main treatment plant, and then they filter it and they test it, make sure, you know, they test it periodically. 
and then they go it goes out from there to the system and to the towers. Other people will treat the water at each pump house, and then it just goes straight to system. Buffalo has a treatment plant. Yeah, yeah, I know right mm-hmm. where it is. It's right by the uh, school over there. Now, these yep. water towers that you see in every city has a city name on it, typically. Uh, yep. W- w- what... You know, I, I, I don't, I, I could guess I could Google it, but I just often wondered, what is the purpose or mechanism behind these water towers? The mechanism? Yeah, yeah. Why are they there? To me, it's like the water goes to the treatment plant and then mm-hmm. it should just go underground and right to my house. What's the sense of this freaking tower? You know what I mean? So the tower is there because let's just say there's a fire or there's a water main break. There is a storage area there for for you to still have water. So they can try and get these wells turned on and get that storage back up. But if you didn't have the storage, you would find that you would be out of water quite a bit. And city water people don't want to be out of water. (laughs) So that's just a backup source, basically. And it's like, there's cities that might only have one tower and when they have a fire uh the the wells can't keep up and so then they have low pressure in the town or the person at the end of the line doesn't have any water and so they just need a more storage to be able to handle having that fire suppression okay 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 good to know so uh what what type of uh i know you I think you mentioned it early on quickly. Um, what are some of the services that you provide? You do both residential and commercial. You do the well yeah. drilling. You do the water and treatment. And, and uh, we do um, pump service. Pump service. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you got to pull those pumps out. In the cities, we kind of typically pull them out every 10 years or so. Um, make sure that the the draw pipe or column are healthy, that the some have shafting, that they're not um, wobbling and making sure everything is working efficiently. Residential, I see pumps last 20 some years. The manufacturer says 12 to 15, but we design, we try and design the system at its best and its peak and not put in small tanks. We put in tanks that it might be a little bit better, bigger and it's for that storage. So the pump is not turning on and off as frequently and not ruin ruining itself so we do both the residential service and the city service a little bit for irrigation so there are some um, neighborhoods that have their own well Uh, so there might be 30 homes on one well or two wells Hmm. and so city like water but they're on their own system gotcha okay Mm All right. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap things up here. Is there anything that uh, you wanted to touch on that we weren't able to talk about that you want the listeners to hear? I think we get it all. Okay, awesome. I mean, there might be some stuff in the future that we're going to be coming up, like I said, legislation-wise, just people that might want to stand behind it. It's a good idea to get involved. The Minnesota Water Well Association and the Water Quality Association are both on that legislation trying to make sure that we do have good clean water. So when people do sell their house, we're trying to get them to test. And we're trying to put that in a black and white answer and not just, you know, like they can do it on their own type of thing. Yeah. So I I have had people 
buy a house that had nitrates that were way over the limit and they just paid cash for the house. They got away from a lender and I don't, I wouldn't want to drink that water. (laughs) Right. Right. It can't be good for you. That's for sure. There is a video on my Facebook page and I think on our webpage, there's actually a frog living at the bottom of a well. And we got video of it. We had cleaned the well the year before and tested it and it tested fine and meaning clear. And then next year, the limit was one and it was at a thousand for a colony count. And it was because the frog was living at the bottom of the well. What? Really? Yeah. Yep. So that's why it's important to have the bug proof covers and it's important to test your water every once in a while. It's a good idea. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I got, I got to get some more details on this. So I imagine like if I get a well drilled, right. It's like, yep. let's say it's a hundred feet down and I don't know how big the average hole is. Let's say it's like the size of a softball. I don't know. Or baseball. Oh, four inch well four is inch. our normal. Okay. Yep. And so, First, and then you you get to you go down to a point where I don't know. Rather than striking oil, you strike water, right? Somehow there's an indicator that you've gone far enough, right? Your mud starts clearing up because uh-huh, okay. the water's coming up. Okay, and then uh, there's some type of pipe or something that's left in that hole, so the hole doesn't collapse, right? Correct. The and, then, and then you you hook up a pump to the pipe or whatever that's in the ground to pump the water when you need it, right? Yeah, we put the pump in the well, and then you put what's called a pitless adapter, and a pitless adapter is less of the pit. So back in the day, we used to have pits, and the water would divert into the home in the pit. Well, now we have a device that gets put onto the casing, and it diverts the water into the home using the pitless. Okay. Okay. So where's and the, then you have it? Where's the frog? Then you have, <laughs> below that. Like a hundred feet down. Yeah. Isn't that full of water? That yeah, whole. Uh huh. Yeah. Weird. Yep. And it's fifty-seven degrees. So this frog, so probably, this frog, got in this four-inch casing, full of yeah. water, fifty-seven degree water, and and swam down. Or yeah. fell down because of gravity, yeah. right? Okay. I mean, okay. He, what Weird. can happen, and I've seen beehives have created on the top of a well or sand or ants. Mm-hmm. They can create a nest at the top of the well. Um, mice like to chew on the wires and then they usually die. Um, and that pitless isn't a solid piece. So anything that falls will fall right into the water, into your drinking water, and will contaminate the well. Yeah. And so that's why the covers are so important or yeah. not having holes in your casing. Okay. Um, and and we do pull out pumps and we video wells to make sure that, especially when those coliform and nitrate numbers are high, Yeah. that's an indicator there's a problem in the well. Okay. So that's when we pull the pump out and we'll video. Yeah. Airlifting is really good to do to clean up the casing. If you imagine airlifting is like the kid at McDonald's blown and in his cup and all the milk is bubbling over. Oh yeah. Thing thing happens is that we put a straw or an airline down the well and we blow with air, like a big air, air compressor. Yeah. And all the bubbles or all the air will come up and it brings any solids out. Oh. So we've we've had to clean up 
park wells that people have used the well as a garbage can and we can get a lot of solids out that way by airlifting. There yeah. are a lot of wells in the Minneapolis park system that have hand pumps. So if you see a hand pump in the Minneapolis park system, um, that it's a safe drinking water source. They actually test the water, I think monthly, but they're, they're making sure that those wells are um, good, clean water. Some people will bring their jugs and fill up their water at the Minneapolis parks. Before I wrap this up, Katie, is there anything else you want to bring up? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. All right, listeners, so check them out. It's ehrenner.com. Again, that's E-H-R-E-N-N-E-R.com. Their main phone number is 763-427-6100. And I am speaking to Katie Renner-Welly. She is a project manager and a water conditioning expert. Give her a shout out if you have any questions regarding water or wells. She she has the answer. Katie, I appreciate your time on Minnesota Made. You did a great job. And I wish you all the luck. Thank you. And if I don't have the answer, I'll sure search for the answer and try and get back to anybody that has a question. All right. All right. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, listeners. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota. Minnesota.